Stay tuned to the end of the show to find out how you can hear exclusive bonus content. Route 1 Six Off-Road is a veteran-owned and operated community-focused brand. To ensure they are meeting the needs of the great Jeep community and off-road community, they need your help. Route 1 Six is currently looking for brand ambassadors to represent them on the trail, in their clubs, and of course at events. If you're interested in applying, email sales at route16.com. That's sales at R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X dot com. Today's episode of the Jeep Talk Show is also sponsored in part by ExtremeTerrain.com, leaders in the 1987 to 2018 Wrangler parts and accessories. Extreme Terrain makes it easy to mod your Wrangler by providing top-tier expertise and customer support from genuine Wrangler experts. Stay tuned later in the episode for the latest on their body armor tech guide and the big Deegan 38 armor giveaway. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Josh? Hello? Josh? Tammy, where's Josh? Why are you asking me? Hey, wait a minute. You know, if Josh isn't here and he didn't request his time off through HR... I, you know, that's a little bit of discrimination, I think, Tony. How co- that's just not Well, you know, fair. those are all really What's good questions. I think, I think we should move along. Local <laughs> Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go to the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear, or if you've gotten any benefit from us, uh, what we do here, please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. So sadly, a Kansas woman died and her daughter was seriously injured this past Tuesday in Colorado after their Wrangler fell some 600 feet down a mountainside uh, about three miles above St. Elmo. While trying to maneuver around a large rock uh, in the road, the 2014 Jeep Wrangler started to slide and ultimately left the road and slid down the slope. Jennifer Lynn Orr, 43, of Wichita, was driving the vehicle in a caravan of five privately owned Jeeps headed up from Ironcrest Road from CR-295. Ironcrest Road, a four-wheel drive road with steep drop-offs, and they were at some 11,400 feet prior to the accident, so this is well up into the mountains in Colorado. The uh, Iron Chest Road is a trail with moderate to difficult ratings, 7 to 8. I guess you can identify with uh, with those numbers, uh, Tammy. Uh, trails.com says it's a classic hardcore trail with historic structures the buildings at iron crest mine are over 100 years old and are in relatively good condition lift lockers driving experience and a set of calm nerves are required to tackle this trail authorities said that uh, chaffee county communication center received an emergency text about 12:30 p.m and dispatched chaffee county search and rescue north and other first responders to the scene Ora was pronounced dead at the scene, and her daughter was airlifted to Pueblo by helicopter. You know, we hate to hear uh, when any jeeper is injured, and especially so when there's loss of life. Driving your rig off-road is serious business, and it should never be taken lightly. 
Our prayers go out to the family for their loss and injury. I know we all hope for a speedy recovery for Jennifer's daughter. You know, Tony, it's this kind of stuff is always my biggest fear when I go off-roading. And another big fear that I have is after you've gone off-roading, especially when you're crawling around on those rocks and banging your Jeep around, is getting back on the highway and driving home. And you're just like, oh, just waiting for something bad to happen and hoping it doesn't happen to you. But unfortunately, this past weekend, something like that did happen. On Saturday, Eileen, a friend of mine, I've off-roaded with her, um, actually with Nate and Chris, CPO and I, we off-roaded with her at AOAA back in January. But she was back out at AOA this past weekend. And after finishing a great day on the trail, she was driving south on I-81 up in Pennsylvania to head back to the campground she was staying at and something in her front driver's side wheel broke. They're not really sure yet. Her Jeep took a hard left turn into the guardrail and she rolled at least two times down into the median off the highway and she was seriously injured. She was transported to um, a hospital in Pennsylvania where she's now um, in the ICC. She has numerous broken bones in her arms and legs, a broken chest, severe head injuries, She's experiencing a lot of other issues. Um, I just saw an update. She is getting better. The doctors are optimistic. Um, There are Jeep clubs all up and down the East Coast who are having vigils and prayer get-togethers for her. Um, It's just really sad to see this happen. And you are, you know, I just would ask that everybody say a prayer to help for a speedy recovery because she's got a long, long road ahead of her. And she's a great, great woman and um, a Jeep girl at heart. That's such a shame. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you had the update. I know uh, a, a couple of people, I think CPO and Nate both had uh, posted a few things online. I know uh, Nate had posted uh, something about a, a GoFundMe page that had been set up uh, for her uh, on the Jeep Talk Show group. Uh, on Facebook, and uh, I had actually after I, I guess it was two or three days after he had posted that I had uh, asked if there was any updates on her because I wanted to know uh, you know you know you never know about things like this especially such a serious accident and I was hoping for improvement so I'm really glad that you were able to share that with us here tonight yeah. uh, me personally I'm glad that you were able to share that because uh, I was hoping that would be uh, would be the case yeah it's um it's going to be a long hard road the. You know, she's showing some improvements and they're taking her off certain tubes and all the, you know, all that medical stuff. Um, so it's it's looking good, but she still has, you know, a tough road ahead of her. And so lots of prayers are needed for sure. Absolutely. Well, if you got a news tip or any response to any one of our stories, please make sure to, to let us know by phone or email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey, folks, and coming up later in the show, an interview with Gabe of Arrow X. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, we'd like for you guys to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network website. Uh, The next time you're online, just pop over to 4x4radionetwork.com. You'll see the Jeep Talk Show there, of course, but we've also got something for all those, uh, mm, you know, non-Jeeper buddies, too. It's okay. It's not their fault. Well, technically, I guess it is, but that's all right. <laughs> Be sure to tell them about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast. You know, that's the, the Land Rovers and stuff. Trail Chasers podcast and uh, our newest member on the Trail podcast. 
This is Steve, 4.3LXJ, with another Jeep tip, and I'd like to continue with our uh, series on the Dana 30 front end. And uh, last time we left off talking about axle shafts and whether or not uh, you want to get a 27 spline shaft or go up to a 30 spline, which is stronger. There's one other option that you can use where you can go up in... Uh, Possibly a tire size if you didn't get too over exuberant with it. If you're going to use a selectable locker, you can go to 37 inches on tires with your Dana 30, and you're going to have to be careful with it with the unit bearings, and we'll discuss how to get around that later. But if you want to spend the money and get some RCV axle shafts, you can get rid of the problem with having tight turns taking out your U-joints, and you can get an axle shaft in a 30-spline axle shaft that is guaranteed not to break for anything under a 40-inch tire. So there is that. But I would not plan on using these shafts with a selectable locker because... The case is just going to explode with a 37-inch tire. You can guarantee it, and so I wouldn't try it. So you can go up, like I say, selectable, I mean, it's like but uh, automatic locker. You can hit 37s, and with the RCV shafts, and keep your foot out of it. you got to drive like a sane person, which means no driving it like you stole it. you got to drive it like you care about it and uh, you can make it work but you're really bumping the uh, the limits here with that so uh, unless you want to be really careful about how you drive and so forth I wouldn't go over a 35 inch tire with that we'll see you on the trail shut up and listen so shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. <laughs> shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G Mama. You know, August is my favorite month of the whole year. And Tony, did you know August is a time to celebrate? I it's did not. The, yes, it is. Because it's the best of summer. And it's my birthday month, which actually, Tony, in 24 more minutes, it will be my birthday. Oh, August um, means, uh, well, in your case, the kid is going back to school, too. So that means more personal free time. <laughs> yeah, well, now it's it's actually changed to September here in Maryland. Oh, but, oh excellent. Yeah. Um, and it's also the birthday month of the Wrangler. The JK and the JKU Wrangler, specifically, um, was born on August 28th, 2006. So it's a great month. Um, which is why I decided I'm going to honor this amazing vehicle that changed my life with part one of my new series, What is a Wrangler? Let me let me just jump in here real quick and, and point out that that might be the birth date of the JKJKU Wrangler, but not the birth date of the Wrangler. Just I know there's people out there typing their emails ra- you know, right. frantically. <laughs> what about the YJs? No. What about the CJs? Well, CJ, not no, the I- Wrangler, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Well, I did say the JK and the JKU Wrangler um, was born on August 28th, and I decided because it's the birthday month of those Wranglers, I'm going to do a whole series on what is a Wrangler. Cool. And a Wrangler is a person in charge of a horse 
or other livestock on a ranch or a person engaging in a lengthy and complicated quarrel or dispute. Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Not that kind of wrangler. I didn't I, know that I, one. I didn't know the yes. complicated quarrel. That's interesting. Yeah, I know. But I, what I'm talking about is the Jeep Wrangler. And like Tony said, you know, the birth date of the JK was August 28th, 2006. But there are four other generations of the Wrangler, to be exact. Now, the Jeep Wrangler family is more than the JKs and JKUs, and now the new JLs and JLUs. So we're going to start first with some history behind how the Wrangler came apart. And then in my other parts, I'll be sharing with you in upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking about the different generations of the Wrangler. Now, the Jeep Wrangler is a series of off-road vehicle models manufactured by Jeep since 1986. And the Wrangler was born out of the World War II Jeep called the Willys MB. This Jeep was the iconic vehicle of World War II. And who knew it was going to create such an amazing lifestyle for us? Now, the popularity of the Willys started up the production of a Jeep for civilians, the CJ, the Civilian's Jeep, produced by Willys, Kaiser Jeep, and American Motors Corporation, AMC, from the mid-1940s through the 1980s. Now, what sets the Wranglers apart from other vehicles are its separate body and frame, the rigid live axles, both front and rear, the tapered nose design with the flared fenders, the fold-flat windshield, and, of course, it can be driven without doors. That's one of our favorite things. And it has part-time four-wheel drive systems, choice of high or low gearing, and their standard open bodies with removable hard or soft tops. Now, the Wranglers were designed because they wanted more comfortable on-road than the CJ was. And it, this was to attempt to attract more daily drivers, which, as you guys know, it did because the number of Wranglers on the roads are just off the charts. They also upgraded its suspension, drivetrain, and interior comparing it compared to the CJ line. Specifically, the suspension on all the Wranglers benefits from the addition of the track bars and the anti-roll bars. Then, in 1996, with the TJ and on, they went to coil springs instead of the leaf springs. In 2004, they introduced the long wheelbase versions, and those were named the Wrangler Unlimited. And initially, I did not know this, the Unlimited was a two-door model, but since 2006, they're offering it as a four-door model. Now, the birthplace of the Wranglers is in Toledo, Ohio, at a place called the Toledo Complex. And it's now owned by Chrysler. And parts of this facility had operated as an automobile assembly plant since 1910, originally for the Willys Overland vehicles. Now the Toledo complex has assembled Jeeps since the 40s, and it comprises of two factories, Toledo North and Toledo South. The South assembly plant is the original Jeep CJ assembly factory, and it was rebuilt to manufacture the JK and JKUs on August 28, 2006, a.k. the birth of the JK. So the South plant has two interconnected plants, the Stickney plant and the Parkway Annex. And a conveyor belt brings the bodies and chassis that are put together in one part of the South assembly plant to the other part. And this second phase is where I was lucky enough to be able to have a tour of the JK and the JKU assembly line. 
Now, this is where they added the doors, the seats, the hoods, and all those finishing parts of the Wrangler. Now, in this assembly plant, there are two different lines. Currently, the JL is being assembled on one of the lines, and the other line was shut down, and the JKUs and the JKs were stopped um, running, and they're retooling it now for the JT, the new Jeep truck, and that's going to be assembled on this old line. Now, some other interesting things. These following Jeeps were made in the Toledo Complex. Of course, the Wranglers and the Unlimiteds. Then you have the CJ, the Willys Jeep Station Wagon, the Jeep Gladiator, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, the Cherokee SJ, the Cherokee Wagoneer, the Comanche, the Liberty Cherokee, the Compass, and the 13 through 17 Cherokee. So... Part two next week is going to be about um, the first JK, or I mean, excuse me, the first Wrangler. And Tony, do you know what those initials are? Um, I think the first one was the YJ, right? Yep, the YJ. And then part three will be the TJ, then the JK, then the JL. You know, so, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, Nate loves the YJs. I don't, not, frankly, yes. I don't know why he doesn't still have one. Uh, maybe Nate could be doing part two because he probably <laughs> knows more about the YJ than I do. And, and you know, I, you know, you really you hear about TJ, YJ and all that. But for me, it never really clicks that they're all Wranglers because to yeah. me, my Wrangler's the Wrangler. And um, I just felt like it. maybe there's a lot of other people out there like me. Maybe there's not. But, you know, there's more to the Wrangler than just the JK. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I did that. not know until recently that the CJ is not a Wrangler. I thought they were all Wranglers. You know, they all look very similar. Right, and, exactly. And uh, the CJ, not a Wrangler. And uh, like you put pointed out here, the Wrangler actually started with the, with the YJs, that, that name that went with it. The, 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 uh, the, the thing that makes a Jeep a Jeep is, has always been with them from right. the, the Willys forward. right. So, um, now you've been out on the trail a, a number of times, surely, uh, and, and if you say, don't call me surely, uh, I was just thinking that <laughs> it's not my name. Surely you've, uh, you've wheeled with some TJs and some YJs. I'm sure I have the TJs, you know, the just, TJs would be very, I think you would recognize right. the TJs and really the, the only way to notice the YJs quickly is the, the rectangular headlights. They have the square headlights compared right. to the round headlights. Um, you know, it, and I know there, I've been out there with, um, all the, all the different Jeeps. I've been out there with the, the Tacomas, right? The, not a Jeep, but um, yes. Right. Um, just, you know, all the vehicles out there. I can't think of the name of the other one that um, a friend of mine has. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, I just, they're, to me, they're all just Jeeps, and I don't well, you know, it's interesting differentiate you, It's interesting them. that you say that because I, I corrected you about the Tacoma because I knew there was people out there screaming, uh, no, right. it's not a Jeep. But did you know that in uh, some uh, other countries, uh, third world countries, uh, they, they have a classification for a vehicle as being Jeep, and it, it's not necessarily a an actual Jeep brand Jeep, name Jeep. Right. It's it's meant as an off road vehicle. So right. I mean, wow! Can you imagine a, a whole country saying right. this is a Jeep, and it doesn't matter if it's a Toyota, a Land Rover, or whatever. The, right. the classification right. is Jeep. I mean, how insulting to those people! 
potentially insulting, I should say. But to, I'm, I, I don't know. I just look at all of them, our Jeeps, and I, I just don't really differentiate between, oh, that's a TJ, oh, that's a JK, oh, that's a JL. I mean, they're just... I mean, we're all just one big happy family in my mind. And well, actually, and I'm not saying that you should uh, look down upon them. I just think it's no. interesting just because of the different models. I found your, right. your history uh, about the, the, the Wranglers here very interesting. And uh, I just thought it would be it'd be kind of cool to actually be out there uh, on the trails with uh, well, now, generations of Jeeps. Right. And now I feel like because I'm bringing this to my attention that I'm going to be looking more closely and picking out because, you know, I... You know, I'm new, kind of new to this whole thing. And I just, you know, I'm never really, a Jeep is a Jeep. Mm -hmm. You know, they all have seven top, but, you know, some of them have square headlights, some of them are round, some of them, you know. And so now I feel like I'm going to be looking more closely at the vehicles because I never, I never was like that. Yeah. My kids are, they're like, oh, mom, that's a Ferrari, blah, 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 blah. Or that's a... (laughs) You know, uh, don't, don't give whatever. me numbers. I know you hate yeah. numbers. Hey, I you do. know, I was thinking this is a great uh, cross-country drive game you can start, Tammy. You can now have them identifying right. TJs, the YJs, right. JKs, JKUs. Oh, they, they would all <laughs> kick my butt. <laughs> they you know, would roll their eyes incessantly. <laughs> it's it's funny now because my son, he has a part-time job at CarMax. He's a car jock- jockey. And he comes home and he's like, Mom, you know, I've driven more Jeeps than you now. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, he's driven, you know, all the Jeeps, but his funniest story is when he drove the Renegade and he does not like the Renegade and he thinks it's hysterical how they were trying to make it be more Jeep by adding all those Easter eggs in there. Mom, they had this in there and that in there just to make you feel like you're in a Jeep. Because you're really not in a Jeep, and well, a Carton, you know, uh, God bless him. But right. uh, as far as as far as my feelings go, but you know, it's funny because uh, I thought he was going. I thought you were going to say he really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, Cody no, on uh, Cody on TrailChasers.net was talking about his uh, brother-in-law uh, driving the, uh, the right. Renegade off-road, and apparently, it's a lot of fun. It's a little nimble, uh, quick little you know right. get around off-road vehicle, uh, much different than what you know. Uh, and I mean, the Wranglers are, are small to start with. But this thing's even smaller. So uh, I, I kind of thought he was going to think it was kind of hip. You know, it, uh, sometimes no, it's fun anything, to drive a toaster. No, anything that has the word Jeep in it, he's not going to like. It's because it's, you know, anti-mom. So uh, I don't know. It's it's yeah. one it's one sexy girl away from uh, being interested in it, yeah. Tammy, if, uh, if he runs across the wrong one. <laughs> it's funny he goes because every person that he sees looking at the Wranglers out on the lot, they're either uh, – middle uh middle-aged mom or a teenage girl that's what he says you only live once you might as well have something you like you know t- yep. how many vehicles can you think of that you can take the top off of i mean i'm, I'm not talking about a rag top where it folds back but right. literally take the doors and the top yep. off and have that open air experience with a roll bar and i mean that's pretty damn fancy uh so yep. i i think everybody almost everybody has wanted a jeep uh at one point in their life and um you know i think middle age is fine i yep. i have no problem with that whatsoever no he's just the the anti me he he does it just to to get under my skin so one day hey folks coming up later in the show we're going to be hearing a little bit more from nikki g this is brian from route one six uh so, of course, I listen to the show, first and foremost, but this whole week I've been getting, like, these interesting calls with a lot of heavy breathing and 
know, <laughs> can I get what Josh got? I'm not sure what's going on there, but um, it's not really that type of operation that we run. But we're glad that, you know, definitely Josh is taken care of in a very professional manner, and his XGA is running great. And we're out here at 36 Hours Uwari right now, and it's uh, hot, humid. It was stormy last night. Uh, they got started today, and uh, it's going to be challenging. They're out on night mission right now, and they'll be doing some navigation. They did canoeing, axe throwing, um, you know, negotiate some obstacles today. It's definitely a challenging environment for these guys. We're definitely rooting for uh, Team True Patriot. Um, hopefully they do well, but it's a great uh, opportunity. You guys get a chance to come out um, and cheer some of these guys on, like uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, Saturday would be a really good day. you probably see a lot of events happening on the main area at the Uari Off-Road Training Center. So, yeah, um, Tony, I listened to the show, man. Come on, dude. <laughs> All right, you guys take care. And keep Mama high. Later. Hey, Brian. If you guys don't recall, I had uh, asked uh, Josh if uh, Brian had given him, uh, given him a happy ending, and uh, that's what uh, Brian is referring to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, not only does Brian listen to our show, but we have other listeners, and this week's review is from iTunes. Bama Country Boy gave us five out of five stars. He says, great show. Love the show. Been listening for a month and already at 40 episodes. By the way, I have a black 93XJ, a red 87YJ Laredo, a red 05TJ Rocky Mountain Edition, and now a black 07JKU. So he's two to two and two, two black, two red. <laughs> he's, he's got it all covered, Tammy. <laughs> he had to go buy this new black 07JKU just so he could even it out. You think that's why? I know that's why. I bet you that's why. <laughs> you hope. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, boys and girls, we're going to be talking to Gabe Warner of AeroX Industries. And I know you're going, AeroX, I've heard of that. I've seen that somewhere before. What is that? Gabe, tell, tell people what AeroX Industries is. Well, it's a lighting and uh, accessory company. Um, what we're doing is making light bar covers uh, to quiet quiet them down. Yeah, I think that's probably what most people uh, would recognize that name from is because if you if you got a light bar whistling at you, you want to know how to stop it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, uh, the, the apparent mothership name is AeroX Industries, but most people know this product is AeroLids. That's what it is. So it's an oh. aerodynamic lid for your LED light bar. And basically what you're doing is just getting the air to pass uh, around that flat surface of the, the light bar, correct? 
Uh, actually, no. It's two things. So the first thing is the back of the life light fixtures have heat sink fins. And when the wind blows up the windshield, it breaks across those fins like a harmonica. And you get that whistle. And that's the first thing people hear. And then once they fix that, they live with the jet engine noise from the flat face of the fixture. Ah. So it's, it's a combination of things. So when you're making the light bar uh, more aerodynamic, and, and you know there's some Jeeps out there, some off-road vehicles, because it's not just limited to Jeeps, um, that, that can have uh, 5, 6, 10, 20 light bars, I would assume that this uh, makes it more aerodynamic, uh, increases horsepower, and uh, improves mm-hmm. uh, miles per gallon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about horsepower, but I'm not going to claim that one. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I, I figured you'd like that. <laughs> uh, MPGs, you might get one back in a Jeep. Yeah, one's a lot. <laughs> it's not, that's not what it's for. It, it is purely to uh, quit the buffeting across the soft tops, uh, the soft top flap across the top of those tops that you get you know, stock or even best tops uh, stuff, um, which we've talked to those folks about. Um, it, it streamlines the air across the top of the vehicles. And, you know, since this light bar is right at your ear level, that that comes into the weakest point of your vehicle and the thinnest. So that's why you hear all those harmonics from pressure of air hitting the windshield. So... That's where that noise comes from. And so by making long? it like a fin, like when you see on the tail of a car you get, or an airplane wing, that air streams underneath and over without, without the disturbance behind it. So how long have you guys um, been selling these? Uh, it'll be a year uh, the oh, end wow. of this month. So is... Is this your, did you come up with this design yes. or is it a, okay. And yeah, do you have a, back- I, uh, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, do you have a background? Cause you're talking, you know, about aerodynamics and all this stuff. Is this something no, you just it's, learned? It's, or? it's common sense. <laughs> That's what I call it. Uh-huh. Uh, I am an elect- electrician. Um, I, I love lights, obviously. Um, I'm going to have all, a light bar on every vehicle that I own besides, you know, cars. Right. But, uh, the UTVs, the boats, the, the Jeeps, I've got a light bar on it. But the biggest thing is annoyance. I don't like to hear (laughs) things that shouldn't be there. (laughs) So what happened here, the, the, the story of it is, is I had a Jeep. My wife asked me what I wanted for Christmas. I told her, go on to my Amazon shopping cart. So she goes <laughs> in there. I said, surprise me. So next thing I know, I have a light bar. Oh, I was thinking she bought you a company. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here, well, we'll make some I, money. <laughs> she takes the claim to fame on that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, so she gave me the light bar. Spent half the day uh, taking off the roof rack that I had on this Jeep and rearranging everything, as everybody knows, is 
with Jeeps, you have accessories. That means you have to modify a lot of other things to make other things work. <laughs> so by doing that, I uh, spent half the day wiring and fitting the uh, light bar on. And next thing I know, I go up the road and had no idea this, uh, these things made noise. I've had light bars on my razors before this and never had an issue. Went down the road, and as everybody else finds out, the hard way, they get this whistle. And then next thing you know, you're on Google looking for a fix. <laughs> what the hell is this noise? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's an age-old problem. I didn't know that. It, wasn't, it didn't get to me yet. Mm-hmm. So by Googling, you know, I you know, looked at all the household fixes that you can do, the do-it-yourselfers, and... I could just never find anything that was that was perfect, right. and that that I didn't have to take off or worry about it getting messed up or ugly or whatever. Plus, I'm not going to put a five dollar fix on a five hundred dollar light bar, you know. So, so give us some details. Uh, what size light yeah. bar was this, and on what Jeep? So I got a JKU. Uh, Rubicon, and 2012, and the light bar that I started with was a radiance, a rigid radiance, and basically it's a dual row mm-hmm. LED. Mm-hmm. It's uh, about three inches wide in the face, and that's that's the real measurement there for this cover is the width, the length is 51 and a half inches long and which is a huge misconception in the market because people say 50 52 well what depends on where you're measuring sure are you measuring end to end are you measuring leds so it's a problem in the industry but and it's flooded with all the aftermarket or the cheap stuff how do you, how do you guys uh, confront that whenever you're selling these uh, these aero lids? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you need to know. Nobody wants the lid to be not to be covering the entire light bar. Yeah, a lot of research. Number one, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the light bars are generally in the same shape and size and length, generally speaking. Um, so basically. The light bar is three inches wide, and the minimum I've seen it is about 2.8 inches wide on the dual row LEDs. Mm -hmm. The length, max, that is on the market is 51 and a half. They call it a 52. So I knew right there I needed to make a universal design. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. So does that mean you you cut it down? I mean, the the customer cuts it down or... Yes. So basically, what you got here is a, a a tube, so to speak. At fifty-one and a half inches, it comes to you as the customer. And if your light is anything less than that, one side of it is trimmable with a miter saw or any kind of saw that you choose to use. Miter saw, we find the best way. And it's no different than cutting wood. The polycarbonate does not shatter like um, what 
the other plastics. Uh, so it's strong. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that part of it, it, it's a clamshell that opens up. Okay. And if you can picture a clamshell, that natural form with polycarbonate, it, it always goes back to that same shape. Right. So if you stretch it open and you put something inside of it that's bigger than what its form is, it's going to hold on and bite down. Hmm. So that's where the clamps inside, there's big ribs inside the cover that clamp down on the top and bottom of this LED bar. That's how it holds itself on. Now, how do you go about, okay, you so you have this problem and you, you come up with a solution. I mean, I would have no idea where to go with it next. I mean, how, what did you do? So, like going where, where next? What do you mean? But like, how, how do you get this made? How do you? Yeah, did you run down to uh, gotcha. the Home Depot or something and get some plastic <laughs> yeah, and like, a, a heat lamp just, and well, go to town? I'm going <laughs> to tell you one thing. When you get something in your head and you're passionate about finding the fix, you'll figure out oh, yeah. one way or other. It just so, amazes me, all these people who come up with these great ideas and they're getting them made. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't even know where so, to begin. I, I, I have to give... You know, the props to Google. <laughs> we all use Google for things, and that, that was my problem. I, I needed a manufacturer to make this. So I found my manufacturer, and we extrude these. This cannot be molded. Oh. This is one of the most uh, difficult profiles to make this big and expensive. Mm-hmm. labor extensive um it, it it comes down to heat pressure um heat you know temperature and pressure and the speed of how fast you're pulling this stuff stuff out mm-hmm. so the hardest part is keeping the clarity when you're extrusion doing extrusion right so you know, if I put out a part that you couldn't see through and it looked dull or whatever. Or even wavy. Or, yeah, it would be irritating. Yeah, right. wavy. Right. So that's where the cost comes back to the design of this, the profile. Everybody looks at it online. It's not appealing online when you have it, hold it in your hand. And people see a plastic tube. Oh, well, I can go to Home Depot and get a fluorescent tube plastic thing and slap it on the back and do the same thing. Well, I challenge anybody to do that. And if they can figure it out from Home Depot, I'll buy it from them. (laughs) (laughs) It'd probably be a lot cheaper, wouldn't it? So now now you didn't have any models that you, that you made at home to try this thing out. It was the first Mm -hmm. one you used one that was extruded. Uh, no, heck no. Um, so I, I created a prototype myself, um, just by creating the aerodynamics. Right. That's how I designed this. The function of it and the mechanical part of it was basically a mind thing. I didn't, I, there was no possible way to recreate what I have here as a prototype mm-hmm. without actually forking out the dough to buy the tooling and go 
for the gusto. Yeah, and that's one of the things a lot of people don't understand, especially whenever you're doing something like this, having it molded and extruded. There's, uh, I think it's, I think it's called dyes. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that has to be uh, built so that this can happen, and there's this upfront uh, cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, the line on ours is about sixty foot long, and the tools that are in there. I mean, the dies, there's one thing. There's so many secondary tools to hold this thing together properly with heaters and coolers and water coolers. So, uh, I bet you were one nervous person whenever you (laughs) you decided to jump off into this thing and uh, waiting for the first ones to roll out. It's my wife's fault. That's what I keep saying. (laughs) (laughs) So have you? She'll use that in the uh, in the divorce, man. Have you have you got a patent on this yet? I do. Of course he does. Yeah. Tammy, how dare you even ask such a thing? You, you never yeah, know. So, <laughs> yeah. The proof of concept there was my my neighbors <laughs> last year in January, and I when I made my prototype, I uh, basically what I did is I wrapped the back of it with aluminum panning and about the back of the light. And I used a uh, piece of PVC pipe, cut it in half, and Velcro strapped the thing to the face of it. That's how I got my shape and design. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was two findings there. I wrapped the back, had no idea the front had any play with us until I went down the road and it was still bad. Then I uh, got the pipe on the front to make the profile. But then I came back, spray painted the thing, and put slapped a big old flat nasty sticker on the front of it. <laughs> and I was in business. So let me ask you: I'm not sure if you if you meant, if you called the fins uh, heat sinks or not, but of course that's what the the rear of the light bar is is a heat sink for the the three watt yeah. or greater LEDs that are you know getting very hot uh, when they're in use. Uh, producing all that light. Now, whenever you uh, take this clamshell and clamp it onto the LED, you're actually covering up those those heat sinks uh, as far as mm-hmm. air flowing over them, which, of course, is, is the reason why it's causing the whistling noise. It, uh, you must have been in the situation where you were concerned about the, the LED overheating. You don't want to get into the business of uh, manufacturing these expensive extruded uh, noise cancelers and then having to buy light bars. Uh, did you find that wasn't an issue as far as the lights overheating or how did you handle well, that? Well, so remember what I told you about a clamshell? Yes. You put something big inside the clamshell, it doesn't close all the way. So what happens? It leaves it open in the back where the fins are. Excellent. So we got about a one inch to a half inch uh, gap in the back of the light and allows all the heat to dissipate out the back and the side. So I just want everybody to know that those fins are on the back to radiate. We're not talking about an engine block on a Harley Davidson here. It doesn't need air to blow across the fins. Yeah, that's a radiator. It pulls and extracts heat away from those diodes. So people have a little misconception there. And you can go online to um, the website aerox.industries.com, and if you click on um, one of the pictures of the lights, you can see the profile picture of how 
it's yeah. going over this light, and it's a pretty cool design. All right, Gabe. So I'm sold on this uh, this light bore cover, uh, this arrow lid. Uh, what uh, you guys you guys have done some other things with this besides it just being clear, though. Uh, correct. I mean, you got some uh, some other plans, maybe uh, something going on right now with with them. Uh, maybe some designs yeah. or something. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the 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 boring old aerodynamic light bar cover just got a whole lot better um in march we introduced the inserts for the cover so what we have now is purple on the in- <laughs> <laughs> on the inside there is what we call the stops so these stops are where the light bar uh stops against mm-hmm. okay so between that, those two ribs in front, we have the front radius part of the light cover. Well, I come up with the idea. I wanted to make this customizable. I wanted to put a logo on the front of my brand. And I put decals on the front. Well, everybody knows decals eventually get wasted with the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, bubble up. They're hard to put on sometimes. They get dirty, but they block the light. Everybody seen the logo and they said, can I buy one without the logo on the front? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, a little disclaimer, it was for promotional use only, but my whole objective was from the very get-go, guys, when I made this thing, I wanted to customize this thing with different stickers, different looks, because what is this? I mean, it's a headline for any vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's advertising. It's commercial use. It's uh, safety. It's anything you want it to be. I mean, it, I could see taxi cabs running around in Jeeps in Vegas. So what I'm getting at is, is these inserts, I had to figure out how to design this cover to where it wouldn't be affected by the sun. Well, you, the the covers made with UV protection, mm-hmm. okay, a package in the plastic. So I knew I needed to get inside. So what I did was I used uh, a poster board I had at home. It was my daughter had a thing going on, and I was like, you know what? Let me see that. So I grabbed a piece of it and I cut it down, and I I cut it to the to the width that I needed and the length and I kind of cupped it and I wedge it between the stops top and bottom and I slid it right right I mean it fit perfectly in the curve and just slides right in turn the light voila the fluorescent green poster board lit up like a glow stick Right there, I knew I had the material that I needed. So now I had to find other methods of either vinyl wrapping it or printing it or something. Mm-hmm. So it morphed into uh, sourcing out the plastic that I needed, sourcing out the printing abil- abilities. Um, I've made... Uh, 
countless designs and just gave them to people for free just to get it out there and get people talking about it. And that's how that all started. So the whole thing about it is, is anything you print on these inserts, you can turn your light on and you can use your light during the day, the night, Mm -hmm. and it knocks the light down to a legal level. It's not blinding people. It's not pissing off the cops. (laughs) Oh, man, you're taking away all the fun there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not making people mad in oncoming traffic, but you can see now all the different options and designs that you could possibly do. So I'm thinking your biggest seller uh, would be, and this would be one of those million-dollar ideas that I like giving away on the show, is in, Uh in reverse writing. Uh, and an arrow at the end saying, move out of the fast lane. That way people can just <laughs> flick that on and it would just be this like neon sign. Get your, get your ass out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that'd be a good one. Or, you know, flip me over if you can read this. <laughs> right. yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, you know, the biggest sellers of that um, is the American flags. I cannot tell you how many yeah. people talk about it, see it wave at me. I mean, I get in front parking spots at fairs <laughs> and it's, it's fun. That's, oh, yeah. that's why I did this. And then on my website, you can read that's, that's what we're doing here. I, I don't want to do this not to have fun. Sure. I mean, that's, uh, that's what all off-roading and everything is. I mean, one of the reasons for having the, the light bar and also too, we didn't mention this uh, earlier. Uh, this uh, polycarbonate cover also helps protect the the very expensive light bar uh, from rocks and other yes. debris that might get thrown up and, and hit uh, hits the light. Yes, absolutely. Now I can't say much for your windshield. <laughs> well, that's that's just the product Indeed. coming down the road, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, is this the only product that you guys have right now? Uh, yes, uh, the the Aerolid straight dual row LED light bar cover is comes in uh, three lengths so we have the 52 inch that's trimmable down to your 52 or 50 inch and then the next level is the 32 inch which is for your uh, utvs and then your 20 inch for your uh, leds for your bumpers and your hoods now do you get that mm -hmm. do you get that noise when they're down no. You know, on your bumpers you and stuff? Okay. It's just for... Okay. Yep. When it's going up it's and over the windshield. Right. Yeah, something we did... We I touched on briefly about the aerodynamics. Um, just going record here. I, I did not design this thing for the soft top issue. Uh, evidently, there is a major issue with soft tops when you put a light bar on the front. It creates a drumming, flapping, annoying. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, backdraft on that from the light bar across the top. Well, I had some customers in the beginning put it on there, and I started getting reviews saying, "You solved the problem." Like, oh, wow, that's great! And I had I had no idea that happened. I had a soft right. top; it didn't do that to me. Um, but it it, it depends. It, it's really odd the different setups that are out there. 
I mean, everything is different. That's why I knew I had to make something universal. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I didn't have a market because mm-hmm. there's way too many uh, light bars out there in the world. Right. Oh, and I would like to mention, this is specifically designed for the, the very traditional light bar that has the connection points at the end of the light bar. I, I have a 44-inch yeah. light bar, I believe, but I purposely mm-hmm. got one that uh, mounts with bolts from the bottom, you know, like the old KC lights and uh, the older incandescent mm-hmm. lights the, of, of years past. So uh, it would not work with, uh, with a light bar with bottom-mounted bolts, correct? Uh, no, it, it will. It, it's, it's, it is plastic at the end of the day, so a Dremel tool will not, if you can notch around those, uh, just slide that on over your brackets. Excellent. Well, I'm glad I asked that because I know there's some people, other people out there that have those kind of light mm-hmm. bars, and they're going, well, this just isn't for me then. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's pretty much um, you can do whatever you can imagine with the thing. <laughs> so, well, it sounds like a great product, and it's amazing that uh, that you not not only that you came up with the idea. I mean, a lot of people come up with ideas, but to follow through on it, it's 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 has, has mm-hmm. must have been a very nerve wracking. Uh, uh, experience because you really don't know what the market's going to be. Uh, I know we've tried to just buy t-shirts to sell for the show and everybody's interested yeah. in it until you get the t-shirts and then nobody buys them. <laughs> oh, brother, I know what you're <laughs> saying there. <laughs> but you haven't I had that. You haven't had that. Yeah. You haven't had that problem with this, uh, th- this uh, product, I would assume. No, I have not. It's been very consistent sales uh, monthly ever since I launched it. Um, it's it's risen um, substantially. Excellent. With uh, the exposure on Facebook and uh, uh, Instagram um, and going to all the events. Um, I'm a very social person anyway, so I like to be involved and meet people. And I've created so many friendships all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, even... Uh, in six countries. Oh wow! Oh wow! So I bet you one of them is Australia. Uh, yes, actually. Yep, they're uh, what number two Jeep owners or something like that. Oh, there's a bunch or of Jeeps. them out there. Yeah, I was uh, found that out recently. Uh huh. So did I. Um, Italy, uh, Germany. So Mexico and Canada. We do sell to Canada on the website, just so everybody knows. Um, so it's U.S. and Canadian. Uh, we are going to be at the SEMA show this year. We were we presented our part of, uh, our product as a a new product of the year award. So we're hoping to get that. Um, that would really help sales. Sure. <laughs> do you guys do custom inserts, or is it just uh, the the ones that you have uh, that that you're offering, like the American flag, and I would assume uh, some yeah. others. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so when you're doing stuff like this, custom can kill you. Oh, yeah. And it'll drive your labor costs up. It will do a lot of different things. So I am not doing custom right now. I'm not saying I won't be. Um, I do dibble-dabble with some custom ones uh, for certain groups like the police and fire department. Uh, we have one at, uh, for the New York fire department. Um, 
certain messages, you know, I like to get that out there and I'll do custom ones. But if you can imagine one off to, to send to this huge printing process, <laughs> yeah, they, they would look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Yes. I need a minimum of a hundred to print. Yeah. Well, th- so, th- that means that potentially a, maybe a Jeep club or uh, something oh, yeah. you could uh, you could do that far uh, the, the but you know you, like you say you'd need a hundred now the one thing we haven't mentioned and people can always go to the site which uh, we'll, we'll mention here in a second uh, we haven't talked about the cost what are the what is the 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 price for these units and and uh, how much is uh, shipping say to the the forty eight uh, continental United States okay we'll start with shipping and that's free excellent Everybody likes likes the Amazon way of doing that's things right <laughs> so. Uh, the light bar covers are one thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad. I was thinking it was upwards of three hundred. No, I wish. No. <laughs> no. No, we don't wish that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, so it's one thirty nine ninety nine for the fifty uh, two inch. Um, the thirty two inch is sixty nine ninety nine, and the twenty two inch is fifty nine ninety nine. Excellent. Oh, uh, do you, uh, well, no, I was going to say, do you make them for the smaller ones? But generally speaking, people don't put those things up high, which is where the problem is. So if nobody Correct. else is clear on that, the, the, the whistling uh, happens whenever you have the light bar up high, like like people mount the larger light bars right above the windshield. Right above the windshield. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, uh, but the smaller ones up front, um, you know, you if you have anything above your headlights, they in some states they're they're illegal. Right. I know there's parts of California. I mean, it it really depends on your sheriff and your municipality and what he's calling. Well, I think Jeeps will be illegal in California soon because they're just too much uh, damn fun. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're saying illegal. I have friends there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't want that trouble. Illegal when they're on. Uh, no, there's some places no. they have to be covered. Yeah, you uh, you, you yeah. cannot, in other words, you can't turn them on Seriously. and turn them off. Yeah, there's some states that you cannot. Uh, I don't yeah. know of any state that you can't that you can't have them on the on the vehicle, but they have to be covered and with an opaque Correct. cover. Correct. Huh. I so not that's know where that. I come in, and you know, a lot of people don't want to reach up there and you know, finagle uh, Velcro. And that's all that's out there. And I wasn't, I, I, that was the first thing I bought was the Velcro one. And heck, heck no. Yeah. Climbing up to the top, the middle part that sticks up every time, you can never get it on, right? No. Velcro's bad idea. Worse than a condom. That's why they never, never used uh, Velcro on condoms. <laughs> right. uh. <laughs> so something, one of the something reasons. I di- didn't tell you guys about the inserts. Um, we have three three different uh, types of inserts, mm-hmm. okay? So we have the transparent ones. We have the translucent ones and the solid color, non-translucent. So I want to talk about that, that the transparent ones, obviously that is to change the color of your light. So there's a lot of... Uh, LED bars out there that do the RGB, you know, change right. colors. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ever used one, you can't see nothing that's yellow or 
um, amber or red. It's just for looks. They're not bright enough. Okay? They're not meant to do that. They're just for fun. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change your driving conditions, let's say you're in Alaska. It snows all the time. Okay? Which insert would you use in Alaska? You definitely want to go with yellow since the eye is tuned more to the yellows Mm, than the bright whites. No. Incorrect. You want to use blue because the blue will cancel out the white when you're driving. I learned that from a guy that was from Alaska that came down to a show in Dallas and told me all that. I'm like, I would have never guessed blue. (laughs) So he said, you'll go up Alaska, you'll see light bars on, on, uh, escorts and Ford fusions and <laughs> oh, seeing it. is very important, especially in bad yeah. weather conditions. So that's what those inserts are, are about. They blow out the light as bright as your white light is, is as bright as the color is going to be. So if you want to have a party with a black light, buy a black light insert, <laughs> have a fluorescent party at the beach, have fun, your raver. <laughs> <laughs> so then the white inserts. This is my favorite one. It is, I call it the whiteboard because you can do anything you want with it. How many of these clubs and uh, Jeep clubs and anybody that has a cricket can print out their own vinyl letters, their own name, whatever, stick it right on that plastic insert, slide it in there, They can even put a transparent colored one on top of that one, slide it in, turn the light on, and you will diffuse the light down to a legal level, not blinding anybody, and it will hold back the light around your letters. So basically your letters will pop and everything else will glow. Well, that's great. Well, that kind of answers the the customized question that I was asking earlier because you can easily customize your own. Yes. Very so that's cool. how I recommend people to customize. And then the black one, of course, is black. That's the solid color one that no light comes through. If you live in that, uh, that area where that cop just keeps ringing you up. <laughs> yeah. Cha-ching, cha-ching. So, now, what you guys need to do is come up with an LCD one that uh, looks black, and then you can hit a button and it goes clear. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, believe it or not, that's in my patent. Oh, excellent. <laughs> well, so, yeah. well, you know, I, I know people are, are very anxious to be able to find out where, you, where you're located, and they, they love the social media. Where, uh, using the, 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 all your social media links, where could people find you? Uh, so I'm on Facebook at Arrow X Industries, and same uh, hashtag for uh, Instagram. And that's pretty much the two sources that we're in mostly. Um, I do have a lot of videos on, instructional videos on YouTube. Find us there also. Well, that's great. So people, uh, uh, if you're interested in how this uh, thing clamps onto the light bar, uh, you can run over there to YouTube and uh, have a look, Aero Industries. And uh, you'll be looking for the Aero Lids, and it's L-I-D-Z. Uh, like, uh, I guess lid would be the proper L-I-D and then a, a Z on the end there, to I guess, to make it fancy, make it uh, make the marketing That's guys right. happy. That's right. Or, you know, in your, or in your case, the wife. 
It looks cool, too. <laughs> so I went over to the Facebook page to go like your page, and I already had liked it before. Ah, see? Yeah. <laughs> we've, I, we've, we've been there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Gabe, I yeah, can't thank you, uh, thank you enough for being here with us tonight. Lots of great information, and uh, I'm glad we finally got, uh, got, uh, got you here on the, uh, on the line, so to speak, so that yeah. we could uh, talk to you about this and let all our listeners know about it. Definitely. Great uh, product. Just so everybody knows, we're going to be at uh, the our anniversary show where we kicked off. Uh, we're going to have some good specials uh, at the end of the month. Um, so that's a big thing for us at uh, Jeep Invasion in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. These are about 7,000 Jeeps there. Holy cats. Um, really good show in the Smoky Mountains. And then uh, we'll be at SEMA for our first time debuting in the performance pavilion not your first time going to sema just uh first time uh with uh, the arrow x right yes sir so uh i would assume that uh, people could look for the uh the dark colored wrangler with uh, LO, uh arrow lids on the side is uh is that correct that's correct excellent well gabe thanks Thank again and uh please anytime you have anything uh, new to tell us or you uh, got a new product you're coming out with please uh, keep us in mind we'd love to have you back on okay Will do. Yeah. Good luck yeah, at SEMA. We, uh, just a little side note: we do have the. This is for all the people that are going to ask me as soon as they hear your hear this. <laughs> when are you coming out with the curved one? And when are you coming out with oh, the single row? Very yes. <laughs> I thought about the single row. I did not think about the curved. Yes, that is an engineering monumental feat. I was just thinking about how do you extrude something in a curve? That would be funny. Yes. Well, we got it. <laughs> Oh, excellent. We got it. So we will unveil that next year. Um, it'll be in the springtime uh, is when we're planning on that hitting. Uh, so for it. Well, remember, guys, even if you're not getting a whistling noise from your light bar, uh, these things will uh, protect it. And uh, it's really cheap insurance uh, instead of having to go buy another light bar because, you know, you're not going to replace that, uh, that glass when it breaks. So, Gabe, I hate to ask this. Uh, you know, it's always fun to ask for free stuff uh, when you get it. Is there any way you could uh, see your way clear of maybe giving us a nice little promo code, maybe get a little bit off uh, one of these uh, great AeroLid products? I don't see why not. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> <laughs> How would people so, yeah, go about uh, getting that discount? Why don't you... Uh let everybody know Jeep Show Talk or Jeep Talk Show eighteen would and the, the, be the promo code. Just put that in at checkout and uh what kind of discount are we talking about here? Should we or should we let them wait and see? Uh I think we should wait and let them see. <laughs> It'll be something. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that there you go, guys. You get a little something for listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Uh great product, Aero Lids from Aero X, uh Lighties and Accessories. Thank you very much, Gabe. I really appreciate that. All right, Gabe, thanks again. Have a great night. Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks again, Gabe Warner, for taking the time out to talk about Aero X Industries and the original light bar silencer. Do you have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show? Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. Hey, and speaking of that, coming up next week, nobody wants to get scammed or taken advantage of, especially at a vulnerable time like when buying a Jeep, uh, especially a black one, right, Tammy? 
<laughs> Our guest, Tammy Sorrento with Fireball Approves, has a surefire way to keep you protected. Huh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I think so. Since 1941, Jeep has been producing some of the most rugged, capable vehicles to conquer trails and venture where other vehicles couldn't even think about going. Unless your rig is a designated mall crawler, chances are the addition of body armor would greatly increase its functionality as well as protection. Let's face it, at the end of the day, Wrangler armor can help protect your Jeep's body and important mechanical components, assisting in the prevention of deep scratches, gouges, smashing differentials, sliced oil prans, and expensive fixes. To clarify this point further, the Wrangler experts at Extreme Terrain have put together a complete and helpful tactical guide featuring the Jeep Wrangler Learning Center section in their website. On Extreme Terrain's Armor Guide, you can find out more information like what's the best material for armor, to detail information on body and lighting protection to your skid plates, and even differential covers. Extreme Terrain does more than spell it out for you. Included in the Wrangler Armor Tech Guide, you'll find an Easter egg-like video animated infographics to show you the placement and how everything works to their potential benefits. Check out the Extreme Terrain Wrangler Armor Tech Guide through the link on today's Jeep Talk show notes, as well as other Wrangler Tech Guides. Knowing the guys at Extreme Terrain, I'm sure there are a few other Easter eggs that can be found there. After reading their Wrangler Armor Tech Guide, you might say to yourself, hey, hey, I think my Wrangler could use some added armor. Be sure and check out their latest giveaway mentioned last week in episode 344 for two $3,000 Deegan 38 Wrangler Armor Prize Packages. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I just caught episode 344 with your interview with Dell, where he says that a uh, Jeffrey Pine smells a lot like vanilla. Well, here in North Carolina, we don't have any Jeffrey Pines. But I do know a, uh, a Matthew Oak. And so I decided to give him a smell. And so my question is, what is the best compress to put on a black guy? Wendy keeps trying to put a steak on it, but I keep eating it. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Uh, oh dear i don't know i don't know about all that i still think it's funny he's doing his own uh uh, uh rim shot now yeah. oh i was gonna say did he add those or oh you? yeah no that's all him <laughs> very cool that and the music the exit music in there as well uh-huh okay class it's time for a review let's check it out check it out it's time for jeep mama's product review yeah what is it and why do i want it Okay, Tony, so my product review for this week, I know I've mentioned these before, but I thought I would bring them up again um, because my friend reminded me of them because she has to use them to get into my Jeep, and they're the Wild Boar Grab Handles. And I bought these when I lifted my Jeep, mainly for that just that reason, my friend getting into my Jeep passengers um, and my mom the grab handle that goes on the A pillar on the inside of your Jeep. And I also thought maybe I could use these when I'm off camber because I get so freaked out I want to hold on to something, but you know, I don't use it. I just still hold on to my center console. Anyway, so these wild boar grab handles, I got them on Amazon for $27. And they said easy installation, no drilling, no cutting, no dismantling, no complicated modifications. All that is true except 
I had the hardest time getting these in, and I don't know if it was just me because I did go to a video on YouTube and the guy got them in super easy. There's two um, bolts and spacers that you need to line up that go into the factory spots where the old factory bolts were, and you have to do it simultaneously. And I had one heck of a time doing it. That part was not easy, but once you get them on... Um, I love these things. Um, maybe if I would have folded down my windshield, I could have had an easier time putting them in. But anyway, I had a difficult time in installing those spacers and bolts. But once you get them in, I love them. They assist you in getting in and out of your Jeep, and it's right at the spot where you want to grab. Um, they are packaged with two and you get the four spacers and bolts with them and the instructions. And the material is a high-quality aluminum alloy grab handle. They're durable and anti-corrosive. And they have the rubber grips for anti-slip and they're comfortable to hold. And like I said, you can get them on Amazon for $27. And since we're talking about grab handles, these are for the 2006 Wrangler and up Wranglers. Actually, 2007 and older Wranglers. And I would love to hear what kind of grab handles you use in your Jeeps other than the Wranglers. Do you have, you know, what grab handles do you have in your TJ or in your XJ? And do you have ones on the A-pillars or the roll bars? And which do you like better? So call in, write in, let us know what you think. And if you have, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll mention on the the two TJs that we have in the family, uh, they're both uh, Velcroed, uh, and um, I guess they got some hard plastic for the handle part, and uh, they're on the uh, the factory roll bar. Uh, and actually, right. we, uh, both both uh, Jeeps are, have them front and rear. So not only the uh, front passengers or the driver passenger, but also two rear occupants can uh, can hang on for dear life. Are yours colored grab handles, or are they I, just black? I don't recall. Uh, I think that uh, I think it's just black on the my, my wife's uh, red TJ, and I, I I bought some for Mandy on her 2001 TJ, and I forget. Mm-hmm. I think it's just black, basically. You know, it's uh, keeping it simple. Right, right. I have um, I have them on the roll bar too. Mine are purple, of course, and I actually have the ones on the rear of the seats for the passengers, mm-hmm. but. I need to find some passengers now. <laughs> you know, when you go off road, uh, I'm sure with uh, with everybody that comes up and says, "Hey, Jeep Mama," you'll you would easily find somebody to ride with you. Yeah, one day, hopefully. Actually, right? you should get you a little uh, GoPro camera or something and set it up for either the passenger or the uh, you know the uh, the uh, front passenger or the rear passenger seats, and then take them off road. It'd make great addition to your. Uh, there you uh, go. What do they call that B-roll uh, for your yes. uh, for your YouTube uh, video? <laughs> Which, as a matter of fact, my husband bought, and I'm going to be sharing something later in my blog or on YouTube, um, one of those GoPro knockoffs. He got it on Wish.com. So we tested it out this weekend, and um, it works like a charm. I like it better than that Kodak PixPro that I used to have. Mm-hmm. but And they're super cheap. Yeah. You know, you're not, they're under a hundred bucks. That's the great so, thing about electronics. Yeah. They always get cheaper and better. Yep. Yep. Hey folks, do you have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page at the jeeptalkshow.com page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown 
and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. So in this week's Cherokee Love, I'm going to talk a little bit more about something I talked about last week, the uh, exhaust manifold being cracked and having that uh, tick, tick, tick. So, you know, one of the most frustrating things about the Jeep Cherokee and its uh, 4.0 uh, liter engine uh, is that some it's somewhat brittle. Uh, it has a somewhat uh, brittle exhaust manifold. You know, theories for the reason the manifold breaks range from bad motor mounts, transmission mount, or even excessive heat from the output of six cylinders. You know, keep in mind, eight-cylinder engines usually have exhaust uh, into two manifolds, four cylinders of heat to each. So there may be some, uh, some truth to that rumor. I recently received a warranty replacement from Amazon for the Dorman exhaust manifold I installed on my 98 uh, Jeep Cherokee back in February of 2017. I'm going to try something uh, that addresses one of the theories, the inability of the exhaust to flex. That would be the motor mount transmission thing I was talking about. And uh, perhaps that inability to flex is uh, causing the cracking of the manifold. So the engine moves, the manifold is attached to it, and because of the uh, the exhaust pipe and uh, all the rest of it going all the way to the back of the vehicle, it doesn't allow the uh, the engine to move very much without uh, uh, you know continuously uh, trying to uh, bend the uh, the metal of the exhaust manifold and eventually cracking. You know, I'm sure it's a combination of heat and flex. So I'll see what this does. Anyway, I ordered a six inch heavy duty stainless steel exhaust flex pipe. It has an overall length of ten inches. Um, and I got one specifically that I could use clamps on because I don't have a welder and I don't really want to go to a welding shop, a muffler shop to have this thing welded on. Uh, if it's clamped on, and I know that's not the best thing for off-road, but if it's clamped on, I can easily make the modifications in my, uh, in my garage at home and, and fairly quickly. Uh, if for some reason the stainless steel, uh, exhaust flex pipe should tear, uh, I should be able to replace it with a, a piece of pipe, perhaps even the pipe, the piece of pipe that I'm going to cut out of there. So uh, I'm going to put this thing where the downpipe exits the manifold and then passes from the driver's side to the passenger side just behind the transmission bell housing. Now, this is on the bottom, of course, not the top. If you have a Cherokee exhaust system, you know what I'm talking about. So I'll install this flexi pipe there. The stainless steel braid should allow a moderate flex as the Torquey 4.0 liter is called upon to move my Cherokee down the road or recently on the trail. I guess the success or fail of this test is going to be how long the, the exhaust manifold lasts before the telltale signs of the tick, tick, tick of the next exhaust leak, which I fully believe will happen again. I'm just wanting to keep it from happening for as long a time as possible. So uh, Chris M. wrote to me recently to offer up what he uses, a Greyworks manifold. That's W-E-R-K-S. Uh, he says, after three years, no leaks, no cracks. Thanks, Chris. I'll put this on uh, my uh, list of one of the things to try when this doesn't work. <laughs> so, Sammy, you don't know how lucky you are uh, not to have uh, one of the 4.0s. But I'm not too sure that it's it's all 4.0 uh, situations that have this issue. I mean, we've got a, a 2003 TJ and a 2001 TJ. Uh, they don't have near the amount of miles that my Cherokee has. And, of course, they don't have my heavy foot uh, pushing on them to, to make them twist, right. to make the engines twist. But uh, this is a very common occurrence with the, the 4.0 uh, Jeep Cherokees uh, having that manifold crack. And, of course, the first one that cracked was the one that came from the factory. And, you know, as you were talking about all this, I'm like, gosh, is this the kind of stuff I have to look forward to? I mean, because right now, you know, I'm like 
I'm not fixing stuff like you and Josh are, and it just makes me nervous. Am I going to be able to to handle all this type of stuff? What What do you think you're going to do in the future? Uh, like, say, maybe your Jeep gets five, six, seven, eight years old, and you start getting check engine lights and a few things. Yeah. Do you think you might upgrade to a, a newer model, maybe a JL at that time? You know, I don't know if I can part with my Wrangler. That's um, the way I feel about my Cherokee. My, yeah. And so I guess I'm just going to be, you know, um, heading over to Adrenaline and having Jeff show me how to fix stuff. And Well, you're already, you've already you already run into that. Do You had the Rezepa joint yeah. that you had to uh, replace with uh, the right. Tom Woods drive shaft because right. of, uh, uh, of your uh, need to uh, modify. <laughs> right. Well, and it was already like leaking oil. You could see it up. And the undercarriage where it was splattering and it, and it was still okay to use, but eventually I would have started hearing that tick, 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 tick noise and I would have had to replace it. So I just preempted that. Um, but I didn't change it out myself. I was there watching and they were explaining everything they were doing and what needed to be done after it. And I know now that I could change out my front drive shaft i was no gonna be my next question it, it, yeah. it's fairly simple i mean uh oh, basic tools and easy. uh yeah and in a lifted jeep you have room to work you don't actually have to have right. a lift or or uh even be in an unsafe situation of uh, being up on ramps or jack stands you just right. get into there and take it off and put the other one on so yeah i'm glad you watched and it, uh, and i think it's great that you can see really just how simple much much of this stuff is totally and that's why i like going up there is because Jeff will let me in there. Um, he has the lifts so that we're standing under the Jeep and every time it's in there, whether you know we're swapping tires or doing whatever, I'm under there inspecting everything and asking questions and what's this and and all that. But I, I don't know how you, I mean how all of you out there do it fixing your, I mean I guess you grow up with vehicles and working on cars and jeeps and whatever but well i, I didn't um it's when I, I got to be 16 and i had my first vehicle uh, my dad didn't uh, really know a lot about working on vehicles and as i tore mine up i had to fix it and or ride the bus to school and i guarantee right. you i'd much rather be out there fit learning how to fix it <laughs> right I, I never have enjoyed working on my vehicles never have enjoyed it but i've been very proud that i can and i, I love knowing how it goes together Right, um, so right. very, very important to me. And, uh, I guess it's just, uh, me being lazy. I mean, there's some people out there that just love getting uh, into the garage and changing spark plugs or, you know, doing all that maintenance type stuff. Oh God, no, I'd, I'd much rather have, if I could have it where I didn't have to work on it, but I had all the information in my head that you gain right. when you go through the hard knocks of doing it yourself, Right. that would be my, my preference, which of course is just silly. Well, Tammy, just you and me, no Josh tonight. No, and Josh is missing out on the birthday cake. Happy birthday to me. It's <laughs> 12, 10, August 10th. Is so that a cake or a marshmallow? That thing's huge. <laughs> Josh is missing out. <laughs> um, so now we, we don't know what's what's up with his Jeep. We, we need a little update from yeah, him. Yeah, we do. So. Well, I, I know uh, he shared with, uh, with me today on chat. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but... His uh, his rear seal on that NP242 uh, transfer case was leaking, and those uh, he bought two seals, and they came in. He's going with Timken seals, so uh, he did not say when he was going to be uh, replacing those. So maybe this weekend, or maybe replacing that's what the he's, one. 
Maybe that's what he's doing right now. He's like skipping on on us so he can fix his Jeep. No, I guarantee he's not <laughs> working on his Jeep right now. <laughs> so, Tony, um, I wanted to mention to everyone out there, if you have a girlfriend or a wife or you're a Jeep girl listening. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't want to do this with both. But oh, Women's Wheeling is coming up this September 15th. It's a Saturday. And it's the, gosh, I think it's the fifth annual Women's Wheeling event. It's at Roush Creek. And the point of this event is to let those ladies know who are afraid to maybe drive the Jeep on the trails or want to take their boyfriend or husband's Jeep out on the trails. It's for women to drive on the trails and feel confident and be with other women and not have to worry about how they will look in the guy world, so to speak. There's going to be a raffle and they're going to be doing trails from advanced to beginners and women are driving and women are guiding. So that's September 15th from 8 to 5 p.m. at Roush Creek. And I just wanted to let everyone know that I will be there. And Tony, I just got a promotional item in the mail that I'll be handing out. And it's a Jeep Mama's Chapstick in raspberry flavor. <laughs> oh, is that purple? Yeah, that's as purple as uh, I as you could find, up, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more a little red. Well, that's purple. you know that's how you make purple. You know, get a little blue, little uh, blue little red. So blue and red make uh, purple. Anything so. anything worth having has some red in it, right? Blood uh, primer on the jeeps. You know, you never know where the red is, Tammy. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that's great. I love that. I love that whole idea about. You know, uh, women wheeling with women because I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with with men and uh, women doing stuff together. But no, but no. I know what you're saying. It's it's uh, you go out there and you don't need a man to to go off road. You don't need a man right. to own a jeep. You don't need a man to to fix the jeep. Uh, you can do all those things yourself. And of course, it makes it nicer when you have another jeeper in the family uh, or uh, a friend or uh, a husband. Uh, boyfriend that can uh, you guys can jeep together there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but right. uh, I, I love that idea that they're they're doing this i'm, I'm great to hear that and this is uh, you've been to this before right and there was uh, yeah. always a good turnout oh yeah i've this is i missed the first one because um i didn't know about off-roading then um, but i've been to them ever since 2014 and it's a way so you're not feeling intimidated out on the trails because i know sometimes it can be a little intimidating i know i was you know, you first pull up in your little wimpy stock Jeep and or you feel like you're wimpy because, you know, you pull into these lots and there's these, you know, ginormous oh, yeah. rigs <laughs> and they're on trailers and you're like, oh, my God, what did I? And you feel really wimpy. Um, I remember the first time that's when I felt like, oh, my God, my Jeep's not that big. And so it is nice to not feel so intimidated and remind people what you found out about your your non-modified stock oh, yeah. jeep uh, you know it's amazing that you the trails you can do and the off-roading you can do without any modifications however and I, you really should do this it's even in the jeep manual if you have a Jeep with those plastic side steps on, you are supposed to take them off before you go off-roading. And that's what the, but the Jeeps are so capable and it's, you know, it's just, you just need to be um, 
know how to pick your lines and you need to be cautious when you first go out there and the Jeep will just drive for you. Yeah. And the only reason why you've modified yours by doing the lift and larger tires is to get greater ground clearance so you can do more difficult trails. Exactly. So it's not necessary to go down that long, expensive road of modifications and uh, uh, the other things like we were talking about the Rosepa joint that had uh, the drive shaft uh, that had to be replaced because of the lift. You you don't have to do all that stuff. You just get a Jeep, take it out there and drive it. Uh, Yeah. And I think the only the only Jeep that you can really make that claim to fame currently is the Wrangler. So the the. Uh, the brand new ones, the JLs and the JLUs, of course, but the JKs, the JKUs, you know, anything that says Wrangler or uh, CJ, I think is, uh, you can uh, pretty much bet that you're going to be able to go uh, any, anywhere that you feel comfortable going or, or maybe a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So you don't think that you could take those XJs non-modified you couldn't take those out on the trails i was thinking more of a modern day you know they haven't made the xjs oh, right. uh since 2001 since this, but right. absolutely no you can you can take a a, a plain bone stock uh a jeep uh, cherokee xj and uh, go out there on the trail i do think that the the wranglers are a little more capable stock wranglers or a little more capable than the xjs in stock form uh, but, uh, you, you do a few modifications to the, the XJ and I, I know these are fighting words. You can outperform at least, uh, the Wranglers of the same, at the same era because they are, uh, the XJ's wheelbase is, is longer, which gives it a little more of an advantage in places. Kind of like your JKU, uh, with the right. longer wheelbase, it, it uh, enables you to get up and over obstacles, uh, where uh, other vehicles uh, shorter, the JKs may have more of an issue. Right. And of course, that's in stock configuration. It, it right. improves as you make the modifications, which is one of the reasons, I'm not going to say is the reason, but one of the reasons why we make modifications. <laughs> you know, and that's that's interesting that you say that about the, the wheelbase because there are times when I, I'm like one of the last people in the line to go up over an obstacle and... The, a lot of there's a lot of two two doors out there, and you see them struggle and struggle, and then they and they finally get up and over, and then I get go there, and I'm like, whoop, and I what's wrong with and you? And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't, I I never really understood. I'm like, God, it really wasn't that hard, but um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, well, and you know, it, it 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 is a detriment too, like you've mentioned out at AOAA, yeah, uh, in uh, the tight trails and the trees, yep. you have to do these you know multi point turns. So yep. there's benefit and there's, uh, you know, drawbacks. So, uh, it's, uh, you just gotta, you have to play to your strengths. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to be, so I'll be doing that September 15th and I don't know if I'm, ever, um, what my next adventures will be in my Jeep. Um, I did go out off-roading in Maryland um, which is on a <laughs> yeah. That was the snob post that I mentioned yeah. uh, that yeah. I commented on. I should say. <laughs> yeah, I call it I call it not off roading. I call it gravel roading because that's pretty much all you can do in Maryland. But isn't but that I, fun though? Just to get no, out there was, and stuff. It was nice. However, it was really kind of spooky and eerie because I was out near the CNO Canal, which is the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal here um, that runs through Maryland, Pennsylvania. And I was also by the Monocacy River. Now, I remember 
um, Nate saying that they um, released a dam up in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm pretty sure that was Nate. Anyway, because the flooding is so horrendous up there. Yeah, I've heard they, about that. Yeah, they released um, a little town near Roush Creek was flooded. The, the city streets were flooded. But anyway, they released this dam. So we are getting all these floodwaters in our rivers and waterways, and they are so high. And I'm driving along this river, and I am so freaked out. And my husband actually came with me, and he's like, oh, my God, the road's going to um, – going to cave through and we're going to, you know, wash off in the river, blah, blah, blah. And I am, I feel like I'm on hell's revenge again. And I'm freaking out <laughs> on this stupid little dirt road. I don't know if I have it on videotape or not, but the, the river was just so eerie mm-hmm. and muddy. And it just, I don't know. It's was water can be so scary. Potentially very dangerous. You have to be yeah. very careful like that. And like he was saying, yeah. you know, you never know when a sinkhole uh, may right. appear or uh, the bank will erode and, and fall away. Right. Could could happen while you're driving on it. So, yep. yep, yep. You never know. Of course, that's the kind of the fun thing about being out there, getting to see those things. Uh, you could be safe sitting at home or uh, out right. there enjoying life. Bad things happen, as we read about in the uh, uh, This Week in Jeep at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, boy, I bet you it was beautiful uh, country and just wonderful being out there until, you know, until the accident occurred. So. Definitely. horrible situation and, and it's 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 i'm very glad that that doesn't happen that often no and i'm like my husband said you know what i could get t-boned going to the grocery store that's right. so yeah that's right uh, i saw, saw somebody recently uh, posted on facebook uh that it, that it happened to them exactly they were fine but it totaled their uh, their wrangler and i don't know mm-hmm. about, you, about you tammy uh i know you haven't had yours as 20 years like i've had mine but i would just be I'd be oh, devastated, you know, after oh, having my vehicle so for sad. that long. But that's the that's the risk. That's always yep. the risk. And and, yep. and actually, I've been hit several times. Nothing that uh, that uh, caused any damage to to me. But uh, you know, that's a nice thing about having the armor. Knock on wood, right now I have not. Knocking on wood. Anything exciting with you, Tony? Nah, nothing but work. I got to put that exhaust uh, manifold on and uh, do all that crap. I still haven't uh, hooked up my uh, onboard air system. Uh, I just really just need to get the electrical run from uh, you know from the battery and the uh, uh, fuse and all that stuff to back to the back where the uh, right. The, I mean, I, I physically have the tank and air compressor installed. I just have to you know run the lines and, and the power and uh, uh, that air horn. Uh, that that should make for some fun uh, dash cam videos. <laughs> so you know, scaring the crap out of people. So when you run your um, your line, do you have like uh, this is probably a really stupid question, but you, do you have carpet in your Jeep that you would put it under, or does it just kind of? I mean, how uh, does that work? It's actually a good question. Uh, I have run some power to the back already in the past, uh, and uh, well, it's uh, it is power, but mainly antenna coax because of my ham radio. Uh, and what I did was I, I ran that in the inside of the vehicle. So I, the, you, you, right there where you step in the, the, the step, uh, I forget what it's called now, the entrance, the, the transition from outside to inside, you can actually remove right. those plates and there's a nice little uh, channel in there that you can put stuff in. And, uh, so that's what I'm planning on doing. I'm planning on running the the power cable down that channel all the way to the back and then hooking okay. it up to the, uh, the power, but the airlines now I have, uh, I have one locker and, a, and another locker yet to be installed. 
those airlines have to go to the lockers, which are on the outside. So I'm going to be running the airlines on the outside. So I'll drill a hole in the floor back in the cargo uh, area uh, where the uh, compressor is and the tank is, and then I'll be running those lines. Now there are brake lines, metal uh, brake lines that are running the length of the, the vehicle. And I'm just going to tie wrap the uh, air hoses to, to those brake lines. I mean, if it's right. if it's safe enough for your brakes to work in the rear of the vehicle right. and not get damaged, it should be safe enough for the airline. So anyway, that's the right. plan. And uh, then I'll just follow that same uh, that same idea of using the brake line to run the air line to the differential uh, from a locker in the rear. Uh, the front the front differential is should be very simple, um, hooking that up because that's where the uh, the solenoids will be that I'll be able to press the little button and the the air will pass through it and then uh, pressurize the lockers and engage them. So you have had a locker now for probably a good month and haven't used it yet, Tammy. Well, you know, I had lockers for God, it was several months, probably even a year. And I never used mine. Yeah, but, but it was there. All you had to do was press the button. No, it's not like you have to sit where you you actually find the locker online, uh-huh. you buy it, you get it, and then you sit it right. on the floor for a couple of years. And right. then you finally find somebody that can install it uh, while you wait. And then you, you stand there for six hours while they're installing it. And, and then... It's ready to go, and then a month goes by, and you still don't have it hooked up yet. I mean, I, I think that's – I understand what you're doing because it's there. It's it's factory. It should work. Right. Mine is kind of an unknown and a lot of buildup, and, you know, I, I, sh- I should be having this thing working by now, but, you know, there you go. It, it, I it, was, life happens. I was actually afraid to use it, but now, you know, eh. after two or three times, you're like, ah, I get it now. Yeah. So you don't have carpet in your – jeep i take it oh of course it's a it's a nice little uh grocery getter station wagon so yeah oh, okay no it's it's one of the fancier uh cherokees it was right. uh i think there was only one model uh above it uh that had the the sunroof uh uh-huh. mine mine has everything even had the uh upcountry package that they normally only sell in colorado so mine came with a one inch lift tammy Really? Yeah. Off the factory floor. Off I the factory know. floor. That was part of the upcountry up package. Huh. And full skids. So it was uh, all factory skids, and uh, it's fancy and red. Yeah. Fancy red Jeep. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Cherokees, I got um, one of the newer ones drove by me today in a parking lot and waved at me. I was like, oh, that's exciting. Oh, really? I would be insulted. <laughs> How dare you? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's fine if you've got one of the new Cherokees. I'm just disappointed that they uh, they didn't make it look more like the Cherokee I have. No, yeah, I know. It's too SUV-y looking. Yeah, I mean, to me, Jeep has always been uh, cutting edge, uh, doing, yeah. doing their own thing. And then uh, when they came right. out with the Cherokee, it was like, you know, there's a bunch of them that look like right. that. Jeep, come on, yep. be bold, yep. innovate. Uh, blaze the trail is a is a good way of saying it with a Jeep. Hey, join the campfireside chat. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find all the ways you can reach out to us. Well, let's do a little bit of wheeling wear. This week, we're going to talk about those events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Remember, you can always get all of the details of wheeling wear by visiting the jeeptalkshow.com uh, website and looking at episode 345 show notes. 
happening this weekend for all uh, topless tatas at Roush Creek Off-Road Park in, what was that, Tremont, Pennsylvania. Pa. Uh, this event helps raise funds for the fight against breast cancer, and if you can, run out and help support the cause. The 5th Annual Ozark Off-Road Adventure Fundraiser is coming up on September 14th through the 16th at uh, was that Rush Springs Ranch Ultimate Road Park in Pineville, Missouri. Great American Jeep Rally, September 15th and 16th uh, through 16th, Ellington, Connecticut, uh, right next to Valley Truck Off-Road. The four-wheel hardware jamboree is coming up on uh, September 21st at, uh, what is that, Columbiana? Yeah, I guess it is, Columbiana, Ohio, four-wheel hmm. drive hardware store. Again, you can get all the details right there on the show notes at uh, jeeptalkshow.com. Noah, an off-road event coming up. Shoot us an email with some details. Been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at deeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, folks, and don't forget to follow along on my Jeep journey at my award-winning blog, jeepmama.com. Top 15 Jeep blogs <laughs> in the country, on the Internet, and the World Wide Web. <laughs> like the Miss Universe content. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, uh, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, uh, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to friend, uh, tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you are or wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out, and uh, don't wheel where you're not supposed to, feel joy. Remember to always tread lightly, and if you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. Warning, the use of the show is prohibited for use without the express written permission of baseball's commissioner, Bowie Kuhn. Podcasting since 2010. Hey, not ready for the show to be over? Well, we can understand that. Now you can hear more Jeep Talk Show goodness by installing the Jeep Talk Show app. Just go to Apple or Google Store, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that install button. Not only will you have the latest episode, but our entire library of shows. Plus, and only on the Jeep Talk Show app, you'll have access to bonus content. Look for the bonus content icon on the Jeep Talk Show app and hear what goes on after the interview and after the show. Well, I thought that really went pretty well, even uh, without Josh there. Yeah. Um, we I like both sitting got back. a lot of talk. <laughs> I like sitting back and just enjoying the show. <laughs> you had to work, Tony. I had to work and say words and string them together without ahs and ums and stuff. And there's still going to be some editing in there. <laughs> um, so I was going over, you know, adding stuff for the show notes and stuff. And as I'm typing um, the Cherokee love, I'm thinking back to my Wrangler time.